You're listening to World of Empowerment Radio, your station for practical spirituality in a changing world. And here are your hosts, Angel Rose and Ahanu. You are all very welcome. My name is Ahanu. And as always, my lovely Angel Rose is with me, right beside me. That's right. I'm squeezing him today, everyone. Squeezing him. So if he acts like he can't breathe, that's the reason. Or if you hear a squeal. Angel Rose, you're very close. But it's something that we believe is becoming more and more necessary for families to get close for communities to get close, for cities, countries all over the globe, actually, to get close because it is only with community that things are going to work out okay in the long run because of this time of change we're in. Now, not to cause fear or anything, but we have had on our show six months ago, actually, was the last time. Would you believe it, Angel Rose? It was six months ago when we had Penny Kelly on. And Penny Kelly was talking to us about global changes, earth changes, changes though not so much in terms of physical changes in the earth's structure and hurricanes and volcanoes and that kind of thing, but more about economic change and turmoil and strife and war and all kinds of difficulties that she was seeing coming down the pike. Now, it's not only her, of course, many, many people are talking in much the same vein, but we always also caution people in a sense, not to entertain too much of this negativity stuff and this fear stuff, because it can actually manifest that outcome. And that is certainly something we don't want to have happen. But again, it's all dictated by the mass consciousness. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about being close, it is that closeness that can actually help by helping each other and by supporting each other. And whether that takes the form of providing information or providing food or support or or whatever it might be. But it's very, very important not to be isolated in this coming time of change. Right. That's true. But you were saying, telling somebody last night, Hannah, that you felt isolated. Yes. And you know something? I watched a little thing on YouTube about the way children are using electronic gadgets now particularly mobile phones and iPads and things, but how they claim to have all these friends, you know, and they like this and they're liked on Facebook and all these other things. But in fact, they're actually very lonely because they're sitting in their rooms or in their wherever and they're communicating, yes, but in terms of the physical contact, that is non-existent. And that's what this particular article was pointing out, that, you know, we think we're in a connected world, We believe we're in a connected world, but in fact, we are more and more isolated individually as time goes on. And the reason why I came up was because I was actually saying that to somebody last night, because a lot of our work is on the computer. And indeed, we're grateful for the technological advances that's able to bring this podcast to you right now. And we're grateful for the ability to be able to connect no matter where we are. So we're not stuck to a a radio studio, for example. We're not stuck to a particular location in order to do these recordings. We can do them anywhere on the planet once we have an internet connection. So in that way, there's a, a huge upside to the benefits of technology. But then again, Angel Rose, you might remember too, when we were in the Akashic Records one time and you mentioned about if there was anything to be aware of, it was to be aware of technology. It was Source who said that, and what it said was to be 
afraid of anything or, you know, use the word to let us know that it was, it was a uh, had dangerous potentials. Let's just put it that way. The okay? misuse of it. Yeah. The misuse of it. Now I want to give a little defense to Facebook just for a moment because we have friends across the world, as you know, and a lot of those friends are on Facebook. And it is a way that I get to keep in touch with everybody and see what's going on in their world by the stuff that they post. So it keeps me connected to people that I wouldn't normally have the time to stop and make a phone call to or something like that or check on them. And it is true that if you know that one of your friends is in trouble or needs healing energy or whatever, then Facebook lets you know. I mean, they put it on there, help us, you know. So there's a lot of good things that do happen. But where I have the problem with the technology is when a family is in the same room, for example, or they're out to dinner and people are on their cell phones during dinner or they're, they're exactly. not having yeah. personal conversations when they're in the same room with one another. That's exactly That's what I think it's a little yes. crazy. Yeah. yeah. And you see the same thing in corporations when they, they should be cooperating in a corporation, but they're individually isolated in their own little worlds, catching up on all this mobile communications. And in a way, in that sense, it's leading to more isolation. But here's the thing, though, we will we will have Penny Kelly on very shortly and we will be talking to her about these changes. And as I said, I believe and I, and I know, Angela Rose, you support me in this, is that the community is what's key. It will be the key to the survival of the race, perhaps. We don't know that. But certainly to the survival of our ability to grow and become more and more aware as a, a human family as time goes on. Well, certainly we have found recently with... We find, we've find we been finding ourselves in various meetings, everybody, and these meetings are all around being connected and opening retreat centers or places where people can gather or come together. But the common theme with everyone who seems to come to these meetings is that they all feel they're lacking a sense of connection. Mm-hmm. Connection to each other, not knowing. I mean, even groups that you could come to meetings or spiritual events and you may know the people, you may see the people over and over again, but you don't really know them. So that's what we're hearing from people is they miss that sense of how do we get to truly mm-hmm. know you without, you know, without it being superficial. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be what people are actually missing in their lives. They yes. want this deeper sense of connection. And with that connection, it does beg the next discussion is what do we do to keep this connection going? What do we do to create a place or an environment where people know that they have people who truly care about them? no matter where they are, and how do you mm. extend that into your community? So that's that's mm. what we've been up to lately, Ahanu, in our little uh, Redmond Bend, Oregon place that you so adamantly resist. <laughs> that's because it's still cold here, Angel Rose. I can still see the depth of snow on the mountains, and it hasn't left. On the mountains, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> which are about two hours away from us. Yes, but Angel Rose is pretty. a long way from California. <laughs> All right, here's the thing, though. One company that I certainly have admired that uses technology is a company called Meetup, meetup meetup.com. And we've joined a number of those meetups. But the difference is they actually insist that the meetups are physical meetups, that the people physically meet together. Mm -hmm. So they use the technology to get the invite or to get the update. Right. But then they physically go somewhere 
and meet, whether it's in their home or their office or in the in a pub or wherever. But mm-hmm. they physically meet and they insist that that's the basis of all the meetups. Let's bring Penny Kelly on and let's find her. her. Yeah, Penny Kelly. Gosh, Penny Penny has been with us. And we've had many, many discussions with Penny Kelly about consciousness and energy and her work with crop circles and bovine incisions and her work on the elves of Lily Hill Farm and the learning centre that she opened at Lily Hill Farm in Lawton, Michigan. And many people may have missed those episodes, but, you know, many people have also asked us for an update with Penny Kelly. And, you know, who is Penny Kelly and where has Penny Kelly been all my life? Yeah, we had a comment like that last week, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Where have you been all their life, Penny? Yeah. Oh, right here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've been researching and exploring consciousness and perception and intelligence for over 30 years. And you've written six books of your own and published other books on behalf of others as well. And you have shared amazing experiences of consciousness and the growth of awareness with us. So would you give us a kind of a little update, Penny, in terms of What's happened since we last spoke and where you feel things are going now? Mm. Well, um, I think I think probably the first, well, let me say this. We're having a terrible windstorm out there, and, and so we may lose power okay. <laughs> if the lines don't hold up. So, um, you know, we might get interrupted. So I give you that as kind of a heads up. Well, if, we do, if term- we do, we'll have Angel Rose do a great filler she she when she starts talking about consciousness too she's hard to stop so we let her fill in in case we lose you okay well i think um i've been just extremely extremely busy since last year i think um our b&b just took off and took my breath away yeah. <laughs> i i thought you know when i listed it as you know, on Airbnb that maybe maybe somebody would come out this way, but we're out in the middle of nowhere, mm. and I was just blown away by the number of people, and so wow, that's good. that kind of last year um, tremendously. I did get volume three out, so I noticed that you said six books, Ahanu, and now I have seven books out. Oh, good. So, yeah, Consciousness and Energy volume three is is in full, actually it's really done well, because I, um, twice it's gone right up into the, you know, top 20 of, of Amazon, it's been up as far as number 11. Gosh, so, well, good for you. And that, yeah, that's been really exciting, and then um, I think the biggest thing, one of the things that I have deliberately done this year, which, you know, fit right in with some of your suggestions about, you know, what do we talk about? was I just kind of stepped back to watch the world and see what could I see, what could I tell, what did I know about what is going on in the world on a global scale with the consciousness and what do the events that are happening, what do they say about us and where we're at with our consciousness. And so that's been something of a focus, and even though I feel like I've only just been doing that for the last eight or nine months, it's been really hard <laughs> to, to pay attention out there because there's so much crap and corruption going on. Right. So that's one thing that's happening. I think um, the other thing that I've been really excited about is that we have continued to 
work on our farm this year. I have some interns coming that I'm really excited about. And we're putting in a labyrinth garden, which is something that we're really looking forward to. We finished most of the planning for that last night, and the design is complete. And, you know, I talked to one of the guys who comes to work on the farm, helps out now and then just today. So I'm very excited about that. Did you ask the elves about the design? Actually, no, because we developed a design over the course of the winter, and I don't go out and talk because the winter is not a good time, even though this winter was really very mild, and I probably could have. In the end, by the time we actually start putting it in, I'm sure that I will have talked to them a number of times. Right. So, How big will it be, What's that? How big will it be? Uh, 100 by 100 feet, mm-hmm. oh, wow. and it's um, it'll have a center, in the very center of it, there's a 30-foot circle that will be very secluded just for meditation, so I have some meditation benches in there, and, you know, a few other things, and the whole thing is going to be um, vegetables, fruits, and herbs, and flowers. Ah, oh, that sounds so beautiful. So it's a little... Mm. Yeah, I think it will be. I'm really, I'm really excited about it. So, mm-hmm. so that's happening. And then um, I think you know the. I've been writing. I'm working on a book of poetry, and so that's it. That's what's happening. She's so, busy. Have Gosh. You, and have you been traveling yeah. much? Um, I haven't traveled since last. I think it was November, October, okay. late October. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I am traveling again. Um, and in, I think it's the first week of June, I don't have to travel until then. I like to stay home until we get the garden in. Right. But then I'm going to be traveling the beginning of June out to California, in uh, end of June back to the East Coast, um, somewhere down in Georgia mm-hmm. in, the, in the fall. And so a couple other things that we're talking about. But I've been trying to set up more things people have said to me. Why haven't you been teaching? And I'm like, because I've been too busy. Yeah. Right. Um, you yeah. know, and, and I have really enjoyed that, that busyness mm-hmm. and been grateful because it's made it so much easier to pay the bills. You know, if you're the, you're the only one paying the bills and it's a huge amount of bills, yeah. you know, um, just to run this place, mm-hmm. then he, every little person who comes in is just a treasure. Mm-hmm. Right. Just so- so- Remind our listeners, Penny, what it is when you teach, what it is that you teach. Well, it's going to be something like um, intuition, one of the, or all of the intuition classes. Lots of requests for getting well again naturally. People are desperate to learn how to heal themselves. Right. um, And to do so in an effective way as well as without, you know, having to declare bankruptcy in order to do that. Um, I get a fair number of requests from people who say, could you come and teach us to talk to elves or to the trees or to the land or to whatever? And so I do a fair amount of that, and then I do a lot of work with dreams, um, and, you know, people will collect their dreams, for instance, for a couple of weeks or a couple of months or sometimes six months and then they call and we go through the dreams and by the time we're done, 
they have a an in-depth look into their own life mm-hmm. and in what those dreams are telling them about themselves and about their world and about their own creative process and their health, everything. Dreams are incredibly powerful. And, and you um, do keep a list on your website, don't you, Penny, of all your classes and things that you have going on? Yeah, I do. I do. We, In fact, I'm about to list three more. I should have had it up earlier this week, but, again, too busy. But we have a series of things um, the first, I think, March 5th is a weekend called Skills for Self-Reliance. And then following on that, um, there's a three-part uh, three series on women, women and women, money, and power mm-hmm. on March 19th, and women uh, and relationships mm-hmm. on May 7th, and then women and health. Women, Health, and Beauty in November. I see. So, uh, and then I think there's probably going to be a couple other things that are, you know, not just targeted to women, more open, you know, kind of an everybody, you know, come and join us um, kind of weekend. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's been really a very interesting year, very interesting year. All right, and just tell so, our listeners the, your website really quick. It's pennykelly.com. www.pennykelly.com so they'll know where to go Mm -hmm. now Penny I want to get right into this for a moment because since you mentioned getting well naturally you know and we are a bit interested in what's going on globally so what do you what is your take on all these holistic physicians and researchers you know it seems like they're just picking them off like cherries lately you know do you have a thought about what's going on there Oh yeah, yeah. I, it should. I think it's pretty well understood. Um, there's 14 now that I know of that have been murdered, um, and that includes Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez. He did not die of a natural heart attack. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a weapon that the Pentagon had some photos of, you know, and, and the weapon was a gun that shoots. Uh, they had two two kinds of weapons. One shoots an energy beam that just completely stops the heart, and one shoots a small dart of poison that cannot be detected and causes a heart attack. And uh, that's becoming a common way of assassination for. And I think the you know the powers that be really don't want us to know what kinds of weapons are out there. And and I have to say that the whole New Age movement, if, I, if there was one word that was descriptive of the whole New Age movement, it would be the word energy. Energy this, energy healing, energy, you know, to use to travel here, and energy, all sorts of things about energy. Mm-hmm. And that movement has been deliberately ridiculed in the same way that the UFO movement has been ridiculed because the federal government or the, you know, the corrupt government, I don't know that we have a federal government anymore, um, but the corrupt ones really do not want any acknowledgement of energy and what they have done with energy because they want to be able to keep on using their sneaky weapons and their sneaky tools and their sneaky techniques to 
you know, to get away with things that they, you know, that nobody would suspect. Because if you're dealing with people's energy, you're dealing with something that is not well known by the huge majority of people. It's not understood how it works and how to manipulate it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so then you can say, oh, it was just a natural thing. You know, it just it just happened. And that's not the case at all. So back to the doctors, you know, when they, they discovered two things. One was that there was an enzyme that was being put into a lot of vaccines and not all vaccines. So they could therefore point to some people who had been vaccinated and say, see, there's no problem. You know, it's okay. Those guys got vaccinated and they're fine. Mm -hmm. But they had this nagalase that was targeting certain enzymes in the human immune system and those those enzymes made it impossible for the body to utilize vitamin D and, and you know, and a few other things um, that were also going on. And there was also, I just read a thing recently and I can't remember where, it said vaccines have been um, shown to have quite a few cancers inserted into mm-hmm. the vaccine. Right. And so I was like, oh, Great, wonderful. We're doing good things to one another, I see. Yeah, in fact, Penny, we had somebody contact us last night who said that they were now exhibiting symptoms of MS since they had a a, a vaccination a a short while ago. So we were talking about technology earlier amongst ourselves, and this is the the negative use of technology, I believe. This is where technology really is... is Sinister. It's sinister, yes, it is, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, you're right. So then, okay, so I know that not all the holistic doctors, though, were were doing or finding that out about the enzymes. Some seem to be, you know, just normal practitioners. And so, I mean, do they really think that this information is going to be stopped or suppressed because they... They, you know, bump off a few holistic physicians. I mean, the very fact that they're doing it and make, you know, and it's becoming known certainly makes everybody suspicious. Wouldn't you agree? It does. Yeah. I do. I don't think they're, they waited too long. It's too late. They're not going to stop it. You know, they might redirect it in some ways, but um, it's, you know, the fact that they've killed 14 doctors in the U.S. and Canada um, you know, that just is um, something that is really sad. And, you know, they have put the kibosh on any further research with Nagalese in the, in the U.S. But um, it's not illegal anywhere else. And basically what I think they're going to end up doing, and this is just one of the things that I've been seeing for a long time, is that People begin leaving the U.S. and and they're, you know, they're just, they're left with people who aren't paying attention and don't care and, and, you know, and, and I don't know, maybe that's what they want, but it's not a, we're not in a good place right now and that has caused me an immense amount of grief. Oh my gosh. Yeah, me too. And what about, um, you know, the whole big push to make all these vaccines mandatory, and it seems like each state's kind of 
hopping on board. And I know there's certain states that have thrown those bills out entirely. But, you know, what's the whole point of all that? And, and I, hopefully that's not going to succeed. What are your thoughts on that? I think they're working on that. I've, yeah. I've seen that again and again and that, you know, they want to make biometric identification um, universal. And, you know, there's just a part of me that says, I don't know, guys, I think that that's going to cause a huge amount of revolution. And, you know, that's going to cause a splitting of our culture and our world. The people who don't care, um, you know, that they, that's fine. They, don't, they can go ahead and have that. Right. But the people who do care, I think, are going to say, uh-uh. Nope. And, and I'm, you know, I had a conversation with John Peterson at the Arlington Institute a couple of weeks ago, and I said, I, I think we're headed right toward civil war, John. And he was like, oh, no, no way. It's just going to roll forward, and we're making changes, and, you know, and I said, yeah, but there's this and there's that, and, you know, and, and people aren't liking that, and people are resisting, you know, all sorts of things. And in the end, he ended up saying, well, we have all these problems. And I said, yeah, we do. And and he didn't want to say that we were moving toward civil war, but in the end, you know, I hung up thinking, you know, that's exactly what, you know, he's agreeing with exactly what I'm saying. He just doesn't want to call it civil war. And I think, you know, I don't either, for that matter, but mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. we're heading toward or into a period of great intensity. And I think it is the consciousness that is going to be the dividing factor. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, let us just pop back to the last interview we had with you, as I said, was the 18th of September last. And you did mention at that point in time that there were some things that were coming down the pike and you didn't quite mention exactly, but financial systems was one. You didn't mention civil war, but certainly civil strife and and a little turmoil and various other earth changes were mentioned. Now, we're going to have to take a little studio break right here. But when we come back after the break, Penny, would you mind just bringing us up to date about what you do see in terms of what perhaps you saw last September and October and whether that's manifested and, you know, what you see else happening here? And... um, Let's remind our listeners, though, that we're speaking with Penny Kelly. Penny Kelly is a consciousness researcher and a publisher and an author. And uh, her website is pennykelly.com. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this break. Years of research, thousands of profound statements, hundreds of sessions, miles of transcripts, months of listening, a vast archive of personal power and spiritual awareness awaits you. Join worldofempowerment.com today, a members-only website of practical spirituality for your fast-changing world. worldofempowerment.com Well, welcome back, everyone. We're here with our very favorite guest, Penny Kelly, and it's been way too long, but Penny, before the break, we were speaking about the murder of many holistic doctors and this push for mandatory vaccines across the United States and, you know, who knows where else. But also you were mentioning that you believe we were could be headed toward a civil war. And I just want to make a comment, though, that 
it just always surprises me that there are actually people who actually think biometrics and all of this new technology, quote unquote, is such an incredibly wonderful thing. I mean, I, I'm still shocked that people actually believe that. <laughs> so, you know, that's just my I own know. little comment. You know, I'm I'm like, do you really do you really think so? I mean, it's you know, having everything on credit and scanning your irises of your eyes to identify you. I mean, Ahano already had to go through that when he got his green card, right, Ahano? I did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and every time he comes in yeah. and out of the country, it's the fingerprints, it's the eye scan, you know, and, uh, you know, yeah. he, di- he did it because he wanted to be in this country, but, you know, it's a scary thing. It's it's very intimidating. I know, mm. yeah. Okay, well, you know, I have to say that when you look at all of the things that are happening, for me, it's there's the events themselves, and then there's what does that say about consciousness? Mm-hmm. And if we don't change the pattern of events and we don't change the direction that we're going in, then we're going to go right where we're headed, mm-hmm. obviously. So, you know, that we have to, I think, at some point um, realize that even though we have some control over where we're headed, we aren't the only ones who are making decisions, making choices. Mm -hmm. There's entire reality, this entire planet, the trees and the water and the wind and the, you know, the grasses and the what have you, that are all, all the animals, all the birds, the plants, etc. They're all making decisions of their own as well. Mm-hmm. And they're all subject to certain rules and certain laws. And so one of the things that I saw coming was that there was this intertwining action and reaction between the banking system and the and what I'll call war, just plain old simple war. And and so the what I kept seeing, still am seeing, is that the banking system, the Western banking system, is under huge disintegrative forces, I guess we'll call it. We'll be nice about it. <laughs> and that it, and if, that, if that banking system goes down, if bank stocks fall, you know, and, and I wasn't even aware of the bank stock part of it when I was seeing that banks were failing, Mm-hmm. over 2016 and 17. And so the banks were failing, and there's a point at which if bank stocks fall, I think below 20% or something like that, it will trigger the derivatives crash. The second factor was that the oil, if the oil did not, if oil prices did not um, go up, that they were going to trigger a derivatives crash. And that's a huge problem. And so, so then in order to distract from that economic calamity, the government, the rogue government that's actually running things, was, you know, amping up all of their war. And their, their logic was, we'll just go to war and people will have to believe that they have to hunker down. There's no money. They have. It'll be kind of like World War II when people had to have victory gardens in order to eat, and et cetera, et cetera. 
and we'll just tell people that, you know, we're, or basically we'll blame it all on war. And the other piece was that they were not going to say anything about what was really going on in the banking system. And, and I thought that if that unfolded in that way, if the banks collapsed and they used war to distract us from the fact that the financial system had collapsed, that we were going to come to a point where the consciousness around money would be such that we wouldn't, um, how do I say this, that we would say, we would be looking at the reality and saying, you know what, we really don't need money. Why do we need money? And that, you know, causes a huge rethink of what is the financial system about. And if it can crash and we all keep going, then why is it important at all? Mm. And what, you know, if the government then just keeps filling in and saying, well, we're just, you know, we're going to print money for this and we're going to print money for that, and, you know, and they're going to keep giving out money, then basically we'll have a welfare state. But the consciousness question that that's going to spawn is this whole question of, well, you know, if, if I don't need money, then my whole worldview and my whole way of organizing is going to shift into something that is unpredictable, something that, you know, is brand new, something that is based on a whole different set of ideas of what's important in life, etc. Right, and that could be a good so, thing. It actually could be a good thing, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I think it would be a very good thing because if we reevaluate our relationship to money and our consciousness around money, then that means a whole different way of doing life, of doing the world, and of, a different way of taking care of one another, you know, being in relationship with one another. Right, which is what so, we've been... Mm been talking about lately as well ourselves and so this is going to be a little bit off topic but I'm bringing it up because when we're talking about shifting our consciousness and actually loosening our paradigm in the way we normally see things you know there's all this new thing going on now Penny about the flat earth that the earth is actually a flat plane and not a sphere at all have you heard that I haven't heard that. That's really crazy. Um, it's a return to the days of Galileo. Yeah, it's a real interesting thing because it's it's gaining popularity, and it's uh, you know they're coming out with uh, things to prove that they're correct that the Earth is flat. Now, I only brought it up because I thought if you knew about it, you might want to comment. But Ahanu, uh, Ahanu <laughs> okay. finds it interesting because. Just discussing the concept loosens people's. It kind of just shakes up your whole, your whole mental perception about where you live. What's it like? Is it true? Is it not true? Yeah. You know the whole degree of how we've been lied to, and does it go that far? And so it, it really shook well, up his paradigm. You know, it really did. It loosens the preconceived ideas that we have about things and what we are, inverted commas, led to believe. Yeah. So, but the same is true though when you talk about the banking system and the finance. The way we are 
brought up in this day and age now to believe that we cannot live without money, that money is necessary to buy food and whatever, or to pay for seeds, that money is such an integral part of our life that we cannot live without it. But that is also a belief system. That is a, a strategy. That's what these concepts do. They, they shake the very foundation of what we've been led to believe. And I think that's a good thing because when we can think creatively for ourselves and not accept necessarily what we've been led to believe, then it opens up a whole new range of possibilities for us. Yeah, yeah, it does. Well, I think that the, um, you know, the, what I've, what I've observed over the last six months or so is there's this flood, flood, an absolute flood of what I would call crazy, craziness and disinformation yes. and attempts to um, destroy not only paradigms, but um, to just divide people in their thinking. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's working. It's working mm-hmm. yeah. very well. Mm-hmm. And what yeah, it, it bothers me that we're doing that, but yeah, yeah, okay, right. And it is, you know, to me, it's good that that people do start to examine their beliefs, and you know, all this stuff that is going on certainly is bringing up people's prejudices and their their sense of self yep. and separation because we have our our identities so closely connected to our beliefs, which is unfortunate because you know that yeah. does you know that's the whole divide and conquer, you know. And you're right. Yeah, but let me ask you too, Penny, about different... Well, I have two questions. One is about the earth changes themselves. All the flooding, all the winds, all the sinkholes. Uh, what's going on there? Well, you know, there's it, it's, more than, it's more than just flooding and it's more than just sinkholes. Let me add a couple of, you know, things to worry about there. Um, we have, I think... At this point in time, this week, there are 40 volcanoes that are erupting now. They're they're not talking or thinking about erupting. They're erupting now, and there's something like 40 or 50 more that are showing um, very clear signs that they are going to erupt. Hmm. And so that says that the Earth is changing Mm -hmm. and that things are moving. Now, the Earth is a living being. I have conversations with the earth many, many years ago. And just a, a few weeks ago, I thought, you know, when the, when the winter is over, I'm going back out. There's this one little spot on the earth, um, you know, out at the back of the farm where there's a vortex. And I thought, I'm going to go sit in that vortex and see if I can communicate with the earth again and, and just find out what is she thinking, mm-hmm. what's she feeling, what's her intention, mm-hmm. what does she need from us, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, what, and just see if I can get a feel for that and understanding of what she's doing as a planetary being. Because as I wrote in Volume 3 of Consciousness and Energy, History and Consciousness, there was originally on this planet this, this goal of being able to raise a race of beings who would be able to take the system eternal. Right. We have, we were the beings. The yeah. humans are, you know, the top of the, of the food chain there. And we were to turn around and learn, figure out 
how did you move into what I'm going to call a constant presence? How did you, what did you have to know to hold yourself together? And, and even just, you know, what I've taught a lot of people over the last few years, just about death. When you die, the important thing is for you to be able to hold yourself together as a succinct and, you know, organized being and to be able to, you know, shape that being and take that being into the realms where there is no death. Right. And and we haven't gotten to that point, and so we go into a, a temporary place, and uh, and you know, and we study. Okay, what is it that we were supposed to know? What you know? What do we actually do with our time here on this planet? And how did we, um, you know, how did we spend our energy? And what did we believe? And where did we get off track and where were our great successes that we could build on? And then we come back and we try again. And the great risk in coming back is getting totally off track. Yeah, again. forgetting it all. Yeah. You forget <laughs> what you're doing and where you're going. And, and so then you end up in this place where, um, you know, you have this tremendous, um, just a tremendous kind of... Uh, length of time that it takes you to become an eternal being right. and some people don't make it some people right. dissolve back into the soup yeah that's right so you know we're that group of beings and i would say we're doing a fine job of destroying the whole body mm-hmm. you know not only our physical body as humans but the body of trees and plants and the body of mother earth yeah, and, so and I think that they. That I think that the powers that be, too, Penny, the negative ones, they bank on that. I mean, they they love the fact that we can't remember, yeah. and I think that's a lot of the yeah. problem is people don't have their memories of that. Mm. You know, like I have a memory of exactly what you're saying. I know that we're supposed to be an eternal life planet and eternal life beings, but you know, I remember yeah. that when I was a little girl, I came in remembering. But a lot of people, most people, don't. And you spend your whole no, life trying to remember, no you know, who you are. And mm-hmm. that's the big question of so many people. Well, who am I and what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. And we get asked that yeah. all the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when you talk to them about oh. becoming God-man and living in that true presence, you know, they look at you like you have 10 heads, you know. Mm. <laughs> but speaking about that, Penny, can I ask you that in general, we find, you know, when you were talking about technology and governments and, and people's uh, the negative the negative motivation is to divide and conquer in a sense. So what we're finding is that in a way, there's really two camps as things are progressing. There's those that are waking up or they're asking questions or they're questioning the paradigm. They're willing to look at new ways and new possibilities and they're growing in awareness and they're recognizing the spiritual connectivity of all humankind, you know? And then there's the other school of thought that it believes in war, believes in separation, believes in the power of the dollar, believes in corruption and and wants to strike down and tear apart all of the time. So in general, though, do you find that your work, do, do you find it's you're supported in your work? Like, is the consciousness at a place where, you know, you, you find yourself supported when you travel and when you teach and when you write your books? Or are you facing constant criticism and people trying to pull you down? No, 
No, I think in 35 years I've had um, maybe two criticisms. One was maybe, oh gosh, back in 1982 or three, hmm. um, and another was recently from a woman who said that I was anti-Jewish or anti-Semitic, and okay. and I was like, you know, I'm sorry, that's not true, <laughs> and I'm sorry you see the world that way. Most people, when I travel, are absolutely starving for more information and for more truth, I and so wherever I go, um, people are just, you know, they're just really hanging on and really trying to get all of the concepts like they're trying to gulp in 40 years worth of information in one lecture. Right. <laughs> and it, you know, it's very difficult. But mm. I see, I feel, I get letters from people all the time, you know, um, where are you going to teach next? And, you know, what's your, what's your next book? And I'm like, okay, give me a break. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's fantastic. So okay. People are... Yeah, it's we, only the media that is creating the illusion that um, you know that that what we're doing and what we're saying either doesn't exist or is absolutely you know unsubstantiated right. or is unscientific, and basically that's all part of that disinformation and ridicule campaign right. that's been heaped upon everybody who's doing anything in the field of consciousness. Or new paradigms. And that's the way it's always been throughout history. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, but can I go back? I really want to hear what the Earth had to say, Penny. Well, I have recently. I haven't been out there recently, but okay. back way back, mm-hmm. you know, when in conversations with the Earth, um, she had great hopes and great love. However, she did say, and this is what scared the the jabbers out of me. I have enough common sense to heal myself when I need to. If mm-hmm. the effort that I have made to feed the population and bring them to a high state of consciousness fails, I can always erase and start over. And mm-hmm. I have before, mm-hmm. and I will do it again if necessary. Right. And I just thought that was an outrageous statement, and it... It did scare me, and mm-hmm. you know. And now I look at that and remember that conversation and think, "Well, okay, you know." <laughs> so, well, that, that actually the, makes perfect know, convers- sense to me, though. I mean, I you know when I hear that, I think it makes perfect sense. And I know mm-hmm. the Earth has done it before, but the way the Earth is yeah. changing now, Penny, with the you know with the the sounds people are hearing all over the place. Is that coming oh, yeah. from the earth, or is that something else? No, that's coming from the earth. That is the voice of Mother Earth. Okay. And, you know, she doesn't speak all that often, but when she begins to speak, then it's time to listen. It's time sounds to like really she, pay attention. Sounds like she's groaning, though, as opposed to speaking, Penny. She's yeah. moaning. Yeah, is it a warning? Is it, you know? It's kind of a wake-up call. It does sound like a warning. I have to grant you that. I've heard quite a few of the sounds. Um, However, that is the voice. That is the voice. You know, she's not going to sound like a human speaking English. Sure. So, yeah, you have to um, be able to, you have to be able to communicate telepathically. And I really, you know, don't know where I got that capacity, but 
Right. It's something that's just natural. So. Yeah, and that is part of our eternal being, to be able to do that, that communication. So, Penny, yeah. in the time we have left, can we, can we discuss some of your ideas for solutions to all of this? stuff that's going on because it's obviously accelerating i mean the the degree of evil is accelerating the shenanigans they're pulling to the the technology they're using on us of, yeah okay so what what in your mind are some of our solutions how can we um keep our consciousness at a level where we're part of the solution and not the problem well i think um if i this might be kind of long-winded but <laughs> But let me say, I think that as a people, we need to detach a little bit from whatever we've believed in and whoever we have turned to and whatever we have listened to and whatever we've been watching. Mm-hmm. We just need to detach a little bit and, and we need to start looking deeper. I think once you start looking deeper, you have to come, you're going to come to this place where you discover you have to hold complexity. And that place, holding complexity, requires us to live in a place where there are no presumptions and no assumptions and no biases. And it's a place where many things can remain unresolved. And we're not reacting and going, as my dad would say, going off half-cocked to, you know, chase something that isn't going to be, you know, a, a, a reasonable or, a, you know, an answer that satisfies. Right. So when things remain unresolved in your consciousness, there's, a, there's some results that accrue from that. The first thing is that reality becomes much more dynamic much more dynamic. So now instead of you watching for your favorite, um, you know, players to make their move or for your favorite, you know, media to tell their most recent lies or for your favorite um, side to have a win or, you know, be upset if, they're, if they lose, you, the reality becomes this dynamic set of ongoing plays in which there's this uh, balance that is trying to be established. Nothing is fixed in an unresolved place. You know, you just you're just watching it all. And you and once you get to that place where you can hold complexity and live in a place of unresolved um, you know, observation. Right. And and you're watching this dynamic play going on around the globe, what happens next is that you discover you can begin to shape things and you can begin to tweak them. And this is what I call full spiritual maturity. Um, You know, a couple months ago, I had a a couple weeks, I guess beginning of January, I had an interview with Rick Archer and one of the things that he asked in that interview, or he had asked somebody else, was um, what happens when you get to full enlightenment? You know, do you then just bask in your, um, you know, in the in the glow of something? <laughs> and what happens when you get to full spiritual enlightenment is that now you begin to really work within the reality that you find yourself within. Mm-hmm. So, 
So if you're, so let's back up a little bit. You're in this place of holding complexity and you're watching this dynamic, unresolved set of moves and counter moves and, you know, stories and accusations and, you know, bits of hope and all kinds of stuff happening. Um, and you start to be, to be able to see because your, your own spiritual maturity has brought you to a place where now you're realizing it isn't about being able to do telepathy or to heal somebody or to, I mean, it might be some of that, but it's really about being able to shape the reality that you live in. And so what you begin to very, in very subtle ways, shape everything. Everything you do becomes an input into a reality system. Right. And, and if you're fully mature, that shaping is very subtle, but it's very, very persistent. And it's, you end yeah, up and it's watching still, for results and yeah. events, and you begin to assess various factors, and you start looking for, you know, little tiny threads of positive feedback. And that positive feedback makes you a little stronger, and so the, then you try a little more shaping and a little more tweaking, and eventually you come to take this stand and to hold a position, and that position is, it isn't based on winning. It's based on being. Right. And you just hold that position, and you keep moving ahead. You don't insist on immediate gratification, and you, you end up becoming content to know that what you're doing is making a difference. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like I being a deliberate creator. We have to get there. Yeah. What's that? It's, it's like being a deliberate creator. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And Penny, let me ask you, we started off earlier talking about community. And when you talk about making these changes, you're talking about these changes are happening individually inside each person. Now, do you think it's necessary for people to get together and grow with these changes? Or is it very much an individual exercise? You know, Ahano, that's really a good question. I have asked myself that question a hundred times. Here's where I've kind of come to recently. Mm. We made a number of attempts to start community here, you know, back in... 98 and 2002 or three, mm-hmm. and you know it, it just didn't go. It just fell apart, and you know, and so you know, one of the things that I ended up realizing was that we're not ready. We're not ready for this at all. Right. And then I came to a place where I thought, well, for Christ's sakes, we have community all over the place. Why don't we make the communities we have work well? Let's just make those work well. And so then, um, so then I, I thought, well, okay. So I got very involved with community and, and community consciousness and sustainability and transition town work, et cetera. And, um, and so I'm in a place now where what I'm seeing is that we're a little closer to actually beginning or to actually be somewhat successful with this idea of actually living closer together, living in a group, in an actual community. And so I think we're evolving. Um, That community is evolving. 
you have to start with the right people. There's just no two ways about that. Mm. If you don't have the right people, it's going to fall apart. And and I when I think about the things that I saw, the communities of the future that I saw with the robes, they were very, very diverse and very, very conscious at the same time. And there was a celebration of individuality mm-hmm. and individual spirituality at the same time there was this, um, you know, we choose consciously to live in, you know, kind of close together and and to share resources and to share just, you know, just having somebody there. There was such like a joy in having people to live with. And marriage was different and raising family was different, etc. Mm, right. But this basic joy in being together was pretty powerful. And some, and, and this was the other thing, we looked at, or they took me to, a number of different communities, and some of them didn't work worth a damn. Right. <laughs> they were awful. Some of them worked beautifully. Right. Some of them were fledgling, and some of them were very tight. Some of them were loose. And mm-hmm. so I think we just are moving to a time when um, we are going to choose more consciously who we want to live with and where we want to live. And, you know, and I think we're also going to have to face questions like, is that landscape capable of supporting human life or have we wrecked it? Right, um, yeah. right. Penny, we're unfortunately coming very fast upon the end of Because it's too of dangerous. Our... Either the water is gone or there's too much radiation. <laughs> we're coming up to the end of our program, Penny. Unfortunately, we do have to go and wind up. Okay. okay, yeah, we're coming up to the end of our program and I wanted to know, is there one thing that you could leave us with and leave our listeners with that would be inspiring rather than bad news or something that might drain their energy? You know, something that would inspire and motivate. Is there something that you can give us a nugget? Um, yeah, I think the, uh, you know, what I see happening is that people are waking up. Mm. I, people are moving beyond what I'll call make-believe democracy. Right. They're moving to a place where they see, and yet they're not overreacting. And I think that is fabulous. Right. I think we're coming into a time of just extraordinary technologies that are, you know, just so inspiring and so wonderful. And I'm so excited about those. Um, you know, I think that we're coming to a place where, like the humans themselves, have reached a level of sophistication in which they, they're they really beginning to mature spiritually. Right. And I love, love that. Wow, that's a beautiful note on which to finish. It is, and it's very different. I absolutely different than, love that. Yeah. And, and I think we can all look at the world and say, wow, you know. Yes. We've been very, very lucky to have you with us again, Penny. It's been an absolute joy again, as always. And Penny can be contacted at pennykelly.com. And uh, Penny, listen, you, you, you're an absolute wonder. We're going to put your new book Consciousness and Energy, Volume 3, at the bottom of this podcast for people to get hold of it. And we look forward very much to speaking with you again soon. 
Very right. soon. All not right. six months from now. Yeah, not yes, six yes, months. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank uh, you so much. I just love talking with you guys. Yeah, we love you too. Okay. <laughs> All right. To be continued. Take care. And yes. thanks again, Penny. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. You have been listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu on World of Empowerment Radio, your station for practical spirituality in a changing world.